This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, Strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. All of the movies, video games, comic books, TV, you can fit under the hood, right above your eyes, right there. Just like open up your noggin, fit all that pop culture goodness in there. Um, Sorry I didn't do a show last week. Um, Valentine's Day and a bunch of stuff kind of took precedent. I've been working a ton, writing a ton too. I love, it's crazy how much I've been writing and you'll be hearing about that soon, I think here on the Geekscape channels. Um, I think there's more news. I do want to, before I bury it in the major news, I do want to mention that if you guys are subscribing to the audio feed of Geekscape, I had a fantastic conversation yesterday with uh, TV showrunner Chris uh, Black. If you watch Severance on Apple Plus, he was one of the uh, head writers on Severance. He did some of the, I mean, I love all those episodes, but he was also the showrunner and co-creator with comic book writer Matt Fraction on uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, The Godzilla Show on Apple Plus. Do they call it? Do people call it Monarch? I know I call it Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, that big title. But let's just—it's the Godzilla Show on Apple Plus uh, or Apple TV. Is it Apple TV? Apple Plus. Um, Chris and I ta- have been friends since he was uh, doing a show called Outcast, based on Robert Kirkman's comic, and I loved having him and Patrick Fugit on the show. If you guys have subscribed to Geekscape, you heard him last summer at Comic Con. And we had an hour-long conversation about running a, a, short, a TV show, a writer's room, about making a Godzilla show, about kaiju, about writing, working with Kurt Russell. And uh, there's some great stuff in the episode. So subscribe. It's coming down the pipe probably next week. But if you subscribe, you share this with your friends and all that, tell them to subscribe. They will be in the right place, ready, when that episode hits. So, Jonathan, why don't you have an episode last week? Uh, things got a little crunchy for me in the life domain. Um, Heidi, you're sitting just off camera to my right. If you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, do you want to pop your face on camera real quick and tell them what took up so much of our time last week? Oh, I don't know if I want my face on camera. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a little... What is in there? There's like... If you're watching this live, Heidi's putting her little tummy on screen because we're having a baby. <laughs> a little girl is coming to Geekscape. Uh, our latest edition of the Geekscape Network is arriving first week of August. Um, or, la- who knows, last or, week of July. or last week of July, which would be uh, insane because it's right in the middle of Comic-Con. <laughs> Matt and I, I, yeah, we vacillate every week where Matt and I talk. And I think the current plan is to send Matt down with a new booth backdrop that we make and is creative and all this stuff, but then we can just like throw it in the trash. And, like if I have to, ba- like, I don't think I'm going to be there for the full comic con geese campus, which stinks because I have a, 
really cool project we're launching. Uh, even if you're gone for a day, it's gonna, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, no, even if I'm gone for a day to go set up the booth and get Matt on the floor and whoever other Geekscape people are there doing Geekscape. Uh, so for Comic-Con, I, it's going to be tough. And I ran up past Chris Black yesterday. He's got two kids and obviously a 20-plus, 30-year career in TV writing and in a lot of production schedules that get in the way of being a at-home dad or being there. And he said, Jonathan, family first. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you, Chris Black. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Heidi's going to be a mom. I'm going to be a dad. And Geekscapist, y'all are going to be aunts, uncles, and everything in between uh, to a little girl. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that was the big announcement. That was like, it just got so crunchy last week. that, uh, that Yeah, <laughs> thank you, gorgeous. <laughs> Heidi, Heidi's taking off. But uh, my guest today are awesome. Eric Brown's been on the show. He's a young adult author. He had a great episode. We talked uh, a ton of a thing about writing when he was on the show. I love talking about writing and stories. That's why we made Geekscape. Uh, but I've not met Alyssa Lube, who, if you guys watch Netflix's The Circle, which I know Matt Kelly watches religiously, you might know her. Um, I've never met Alyssa. I met Alyssa like two seconds ago, just long enough to be like, oh, your audio is awesome. Cool. Um, and they're my guests. Why? Because they have a brand new Geekscape podcast on this network called Yeah, Okay, Yeah, as in an abbreviation for young adult. It's all about young adult novelizations. Uh, that is what Eric writes. That's what Matt Kelly reads, I know. And we're going to talk to both Eric and Alyssa. I, I'm guessing Alyssa is a big fan of young adult uh, novels. And we're going to talk about that for sure. Um Matt Kelly is in the chat right before I go to credits here, uh, folks, and play the theme song. Matt just popped in to say, I'll make sure your daughter has a podcast by 2025. Sure. Let's 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 have yet another up and coming podcast that trounces mine and I'm totally okay. You don't understand, Matt. You, Eric, Alyssa, all the Geekscapists, you're all seeds. You're all my children. And I come in and I I make sure you grow and I pour the water on it and I make sure you get sunlight. And that's what the Geekscape Network is. It's, it's Jonathan is like a, this metaphor sucks. It's like a farmer, like making sure you guys all grow and see the light and have an awesome show in your audiences. Okay. That's enough of that. Uh, before people dip on watching this, let's kick it to the theme song and let's come right back with Eric Brown and Alyssa Lou talking all about young adult novels. All right. Blast off. All right, Geekscape, is here we are, brand new Geekscape podcast, and we're talking to Eric J. Brown, author Eric J. Brown, you got to say that, um, and his co-host, Alyssa Lube. They do the Yeah, Okay podcast on the Geekscape Network. It's a brand new podcast. If you guys are watching this on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, look for this logo right here. It's a nice cartoonification of the two of them, and they love talking to young adult novels. 
And uh, that's what Eric writes. I'm guessing that's what Alyssa enjoys. And let's bring him on the show to talk all about. Yeah, okay. Welcome to the network, folks. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> the network and is Jonathan, growing. I don't mean to correct you in your own home, but it is Y A O K. As in A O K. Okay. So Y A O K. Yeah. I asked uh, no, no, Matt, please producer correct me. Matt. Please correct me. Yeah. <laughs> I asked producer Matt when he pitched it to us. I was like, is it like, yeah, okay? Like, a question like are you okay like okay or is yeah. it yeah. why a okay and he was like no it's why a okay like as in a okay and i was like oh okay i get it now okay, but it so does take sometimes us. if you don't say it out loud it does take a little why a okay why a okay i think yeah. we got that now i mean it, it, it is the abbreviation for young adult novels yeah. and yes, books and all that so <laughs> I think it all works. Sorry, I'm dealing with a head cold and all this. It just doesn't stop. Everything just keeps going. Um, Alyssa, I haven't met you. I've had Eric on the show. Uh, how did you run afoul of my friend, Matthew Kelly? <laughs> well, um, so when he saw me on the circle, uh, he was doing a podcast for Mary Carey, who is mm-hmm. a porn star. And no, so, she's not. She's um, a mayoral candidate here in Los Angeles. She is I a mayoral candidate. I she see her as a former mayoral candidate. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, And so, and I am a sex educator. And so uh, that was what I talked a lot about when I was on the circle. I had a little vulva pillow with me. It's my teaching tool. And so he reached out to me to do the Mary Carey podcast. And I actually already knew who she was because she had done some documentaries and stuff that I'd seen her in. So I was thrilled. I was so excited to meet her. And um, that's how Matt and I got connected. It was like in true Matt Kelly form, pretty much as soon as we signed off of that podcast, he was like, um, just going to throw this out there. Are you interested in doing a podcast? And then, you know, Matt Kelly I sent does you a Facebook like. I started yeah, following you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I know. Then, I know the Matt method. The Matt method. Know, but you know what? Method. It works. It works because it was a very overwhelming time right when I came off of the show. And he was really consistent with me being like, you know, I think you'd be really great at this. Let's keep doing. Let's keep pushing, pushing through. And his consistency was the reason that I ended up so I have my own podcast um, where we do more of like sex education stuff. And that's called Alyssa Explains It All. And then um, in the past couple of months, he and I, I think, had just been talking about young adult novels. And I had Eric on my podcast and we had so much fun. And so we created or Matt really created the podcast for Eric and myself now. I loved the idea of it when Matt pitched mm-hmm. it to me. Um, sometimes Matt pitches me an idea. And I yeah. go, really? Christmas 365? <laughs> but I got to tell you, Christmas 365 between yeah. the months of November Hopping. and January is an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. Matt, so I, I've just grown to be like, hey, Matt, just try it. Like, I love the mad scientists and Matt. And uh, and this mm-hmm. is the, the playground for that stuff. And that being said, I thought that the YAOK, I thought that was just a hit from the beginning. And I think that even if people don't know about it, up to this i mean if you're listening to this you know about it now um if you read it young adult novels or want to learn more about them that's the podcast for you and so i think that it's a vertical at least in the literary world that is pretty and like it's got an enthusiastic audience i don't see why that wouldn't translate to people on podcasting right so i thought it was a great idea from the beginning um talk to me about the circle i don't know anything about the netflix circle the netflix uh to me, I love I love Netflix. I just watched that mm-hmm. the biggest night in pop documentary about the We Are the World oh. recording that I thought was awesome. I haven't watched it yet. It's on it's my good. little queue. Yeah, 
but I but some of the competition games like I watched the first season of Love Is Blind because why mm-hmm. not? You know it's gonna of be, course. you know what it, you know. It's like I think I know what's gonna happen here. We're gonna watch yeah. some drama. <laughs> but how, how does the circle work? How, what, what, what's the story there? So the circle, um, actually, the first season for the U.S. came out during the pandemic, which was a really perfect time um, because it has a similar like quarantine kind of vibe. So um, me and all of my castmates are brought into this big building, apartment building, and we never meet in person. We only communicate through this TV screen. And it's sort of a social media network type of feel. And they call it the circle. And we um, play a bunch of games together. They at some point they brought like cakes to our door and we had to decorate these cakes in you know a way that would describe our personality and you basically are trying to get all of these strangers to get to know you through a screen and create alliances so that when we do these elimination rounds you're still kept in the game and the the ultimate goal is to be kind of the last one standing and whoever is that last one standing wins it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for my season um it's not bad. So I didn't, it's not bad. I didn't win, but the person who won my season was like, you couldn't ask for a better winner. So sure. um, it was just a really fun experience. We had the Spice Girls on my season. Oh, what? Which was kind of fun. Yeah. That's cool. All of them? Just two um, Scary oh, yeah. and Baby Spice. Okay. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I'll take two. I'll take two. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's fun. And they do, they throw in like fun little um, wrenches into the game. So they'll have like, um, the Spice Girls was a wrench. So they threw um, the two girls in as a profile. And we thought the profile coming in was just another player because we never meet anybody in person. And then like we're days into the game and we get this message from the Spice Girls. And we're like, we've been playing the game the whole time. And you have to guess who we are. And so that was like part of the, our season. It was really fun. It was you had to guess great. that they were the Spice Girls or that they were specifically scary and baby Spice? You had to guess which profile was secretly the Spice Girls because they were so they cool. came into the show and they played a profile of a person named Jared and mm-hmm. it was actually the two of them sitting in a room like down the hall together us. yeah oh that's together. so cool and, and Alyssa when you're on the show playing mm-hmm. are you anonymous as well so your actions and the things you say are represent you not your name or your face is that correct so you can choose if you're going to go in as yourself Okay. Or you can choose to go in as somebody else entirely and catfish. And that's part of your strategy. So for me, I thought going in as myself would be the best strategy for me. I didn't think I could pull off a catfish. And sure. I thought I thought um, people would like the sex coaching thing. And so that was my strategy. I was like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be super nice. I'm going to get on everybody's good side. Yeah, it mostly worked. Um, my boyfriend also did the show with me, and he went in as a 62-year-old mother. So. <laughs> but y'all didn't meet on the show in any way. Like, y'all no, we, knew each other. We met on the show. We met on the show. Oh, we met you were like, after. I kind of dig this 62-year-old mother. Yeah. It's just, it's just, exactly. I'm vibing I was like, with her. So were you falling in love with the 62-year-old mother during the show? And you were just like, I don't know what it is about her. Listen, <laughs> I, I accept people of all ages and genders. It was... It was um, <laughs> He reminded me a lot when he was playing the game as his mom, he reminded me a lot of my mom and like my family and home. And so he gave me such good vibes and good feelings the whole time. But I knew it was not. I knew it wasn't his mom. I was like, this is definitely yeah. not a 62 year old woman. But um, he modeled it after his own mother. Yes. Yeah. So he used her pictures, wrote a profile based on her. He was calling himself Mama Carol throughout the game. It was a whole thing. So. That is so cool. 
That's then, easier yeah. though, because it's like he already he doesn't have to create lies. He already knows no. what it is. He's an exactly. expert on that. Yeah. Exactly. Would, would you afterwards it was a public event or like a private party or something where you went up and said and he said, Hey, like I'm the person who was behind Mama Carol. So at the finale, we all come out and it's revealed who's who and who was playing themselves and who was catfishing. And so that's when I saw that it was him for the first time. And um, so I met him on the finale, like actually met him on the finale. And then after that, he lived in, um, he still does, he lives in New Jersey and I live in New York. So me, him and one other player who also lives in New York, we all would just get together all the time. And there was one night before the show like actually aired because we could only talk to each other about it for a while. And there was oh, one right. night. Yeah, we had that, our NDAs. So there's one night um, the, the third girl ended up bailing last minute. And so it was just him and I alone. And we went to dinner. And that was like when everything, the ball started kind of rolling. And then and now we've been dating almost two years. But yeah, your friend we got third wheeled. The other person from the... She, 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 got, she, got, she got booted, she got booted from, from the whole thing because then we started dating. No, we still see oh, her, but, you know, in different circles. You're out of the circle. You're yeah. out of the circle. Uh, Matt corrected me on the whole reality show thing. I do watch some reality TV. Uh, but he says, you also watched most of The Mole with Derek and I because <laughs> you guys were showing me the clips of fucking people losing their shit. I thought it was amazing. Oh. Uh, and Alyssa got to meet the Spice Girls in person that season. That is awesome. Um, you've always been a young adult fiction fan. What what were some of the titles that drew you into it, Alyssa? I've always liked young adult, um, even from when I was a young adult. But then as I got older, I think I think this kind of happens for a lot of people where you fall out of reading because life gets busy and just like reading in school like wrecks the reading experience for so many people it's not fun and i think for a while i got it in my head that reading was like reading catcher in the rye and like reading like classics and like you know george orwell and like that stuff's great but it's not really what i want to be like unwinding with necessarily and so in the past couple of years i've gotten back on um my like reading game and um, the things that I gravitate to a lot are young adult because they're they're easy to read. You're not like stressing out over the plot line. Like I, I love throwing in things that are like a romance or a thriller, but it's like stressful sometimes. They're they're made <laughs> for adults, so it's you know. And when you're reading something that's a young adult, you know you could you could read that in a week if you want to or less. And the storylines are always like there's something really nice about the storylines being sort of like simple. Like I have, I have one friend, I'm 30 now and I have one friend who's 22. And anytime I talk to her, it like brings me right back to being 20. And I'm like, Oh my God, the things that are important to you right now. It's so like, it's so nice. I'm like, this is like going on a mental vacation and YA feels like that to me a lot of the time where it feels sort of like a mental vacation in a different way because the themes are just a little younger. Um, So, so that was like how this whole thing happened. And, talking to Matt about it too is so funny because he's older than me too. And like, we both have this thing where we're like, there's something so special about YA. Like it just is such a cozy genre and it just is, I don't know. It, it brought so much life back to reading for me. You don't have to sell it to me. I mean, I'm somebody who's <laughs> read comic books. I mean, there's a stack of comics by my bedside always. And Love I it. think that, like you know, of course you could you could always go and get the crime comics or the darker graphic novels or the more artistic mm-hmm. stuff, but there's always going to be some dudes in tights in some of the comics <laughs> and by my bedside. The same stuff that I enjoyed when I was twelve is the Love same it. stuff that's by my bedside when I was forty five. It's just diversified yeah. a little bit, 
And I think if you go to my bedside now, there's maybe a self-help book. And I know there's a, uh, I love, I like Steinbeck because he uses mm-hmm. words. He, I just love the way he writes. So yeah, um, I like reading something of that nature, but mm-hmm. when the brain jellies aren't vibing and I've got like, insomnia, yes. they're like yeah. 3 a.m. or something like that, or anxiety, I'm not reading like a classical piece of fiction. I'm reading yeah. comics. And yeah. I totally get that. And, uh, and that resonates with me. Um, Abe Duenas over in South Carolina says, is, I know what you did last summer, an OG young adult book. I'm trying to relate. Was that originally a book, Eric? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it was a, it was a different story too. The movie's completely sure. different from the book. Is um, it? I haven't read the book. The book is like, it's more of, um, uh, like kind of a thriller mystery than it is a Not slasher. A okay. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, um, I think in the, I've, I read it when I was a kid and I think, I believe he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe sure. they, the setup is still the same where there's a car accident and they cover it up somewhat somehow. And then they start getting like kind of notes like, trying to expose them. And I think there's blackmail instead of murder. Cause it's, it's Ooh. with um, YA back in like the nineties and even the eighties, um, even in the early two thousands, it was, a, it was not as, um you're not killing sure kids. as it is now yeah you're not killing like now teenagers. i can kill kids all the time and all well, you're writing post-apocalyptic ya books right like, yeah i kill everybody your YA books are starts, like post-apocalyptic so. and you're like yeah sitting here doing logan's run like everybody over 25 yeah. is dead or something like that i mean the so. hunger games is literal children killing each other so is it's it like not? true if i mean i think that battle royale the japanese film when i when i watched that around 2001 i think it was when everybody was trading the dvds and dubs of battle royale the japanese yeah. film and and we were just like oh my god this is awesome and it is absolutely the high school kids like getting gassed on the bus because oh. you know that you know this movie and it, i think guys, no. that one was ya because they have totally in japan it's called they're called light novels and um, I think that one, the original, like the, that it's based on, I know they did yeah. a manga too, but I think the original it's based on is a novel. And I think that it's a light novel. So it's like for teens, but it is just started, it's like a lot more violent than. I'm hearing about this movie. I, I, I never knew about the, ma- if it's a manga or a novel, I never knew about it, but I was a, I'm a beat Takeshi fan, the actor, because he's in the, like those one hard boiled Japanese cop movies. And <laughs> he plays a school teacher or a principal or something in this movie Alyssa, you see him on a field trip in a bus mm. and it's going through the mountains and the kids start going to sleep as it goes into night and then one of the kids wakes up and the adults on the bus are in hazmat suits or gas or have a gas mask and he's like what's happening as he and when they all wake up they're in a basically an abandoned island that has explosives all over it like in oh my Hunger God. Games. like you gotta you gotta move sectors and you're and chained their throats too. yeah you're, yeah there's oh there's an explosive around your throat so you have to keep moving and you can't cheat and then you're chained to like a desk or something and as you step out of the classroom you have a, an amount of time to get clear of the building and find a place to hide or set up but they give you a random weapon. Like somebody gets like a harpoon gun. Somebody gets a gun. Somebody Jesus. gets like, so, somebody I think gets like a frying pan. <laughs> but I think the first survival 
book I read that was like that was Robert Heinlein did a book called Tunnel in the Sky. Are you familiar with that? Robert Heinlein, who wrote Starship Troopers, did a a book. No. I think it was in the seventies where future school and for graduation you learn to be a survivalist. It's called it's called Tunnel in the Sky, and you go through a portal onto a very hostile planet where there's like killer monsters and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and something goes wrong you're only supposed to be there for like a weekend of like graduation and then when you survive you graduate and something goes wrong and the kids are there for a month and i remember like reading that book in middle school and being like holy shit if you guys are into like survival young adult stuff like robert highland i don't he's not i mean sci-fi more than a young adult but i remember tunnel in the sky being like oh my god the the protagonist of the book takes a knife with him he doesn't you can take whatever you want so so people who like armor up mm-hmm. i remember that early in the book he lands on the planet through the portal through like the jump gate or whatever it is and he only has like a knife and maybe stuff to make a fire and he lands on like the chewed up body <laughs> it's already he got guy lasted three seconds because he came in super confident with all these weapons mm-hmm. and he lasted like three seconds because he wasn't watching his six you know and uh I love that book, but but stuff like that lends itself to yeah, it lends itself to Hunger Games. I tried reading Starship Troopers. I just like the movie. I think it turns out. Yeah, I think the movie did a good enough uh, adaptation (laughs) of it, though. (laughs) It's it's pretty different, but 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 it hits the spot. Yeah. (laughs) So, Eric, where are you at in your journey? Because I want to hear about because you obviously came on last time to promote a book came out yeah that was my debut that was um yeah, all that's left in the world mm-hmm. it's my uh post-apocalyptic uh, romance and that one i actually have it's going to be my third book that is coming out in may and it is the sequel to that one which um everybody who i don't know when I was on. When was I on Geekscape? Do you remember like what month? I think. I think no. I think it was the the week of the release of. Oh yeah, probably. I think book. it was like the week of or the week before. Um, and then you went so and, like since then you wrote, you wrote you you went and like wrote something else or you you put out yeah. Something I else have, that my written. second book is a um, YA rom com called Lose You to Find Me, and it is actually based on the after school job that Matt Kelly and I had in high school and where we met. Uh, it's a retirement. This is a kid who's a server at a retirement community. Um, I always pitch it as Empire Records in an old folks home. Okay, and <laughs> it's just about that one's a lot more low key. The uh, the post apocalyptic one is very stressful for people when they're reading it. Yeah, um, lose you to find me is d- a different kind of stress. It's dealing with um, like expectations and your future, like trying to figure out your future as a kid. Um, and it's like, it's like uh what was it uh what was the was it a paul fake movie it was it had jesse eisenberg and crystal stewart in it it was about their the the like matt kelly's gonna throw it in the comments i'm sure right now but it was about the amusement park they worked on in the summer yeah uh was do you remember that movie? Adventureland. 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 yeah it was it's like yeah. that sort of thing where it's like hey this is our last summer we're gonna get and then it's the real world we're all working together in this yeah. retirement community uh, and it's I'm this going kid to... who um, he basically has to train the guy who was his first crush ever. And like they lost, they were in summer camp together and then they lost contact for several years because he's in a private school. And now for the first time in years, he thinks that 
the universe is kind of being like, all right, look, you're going away to college. I'm going to give you one last chance to like confess and be able to like fall in love with this guy. And it's just about them trying to trying to get that going. But also life likes to throw wrenches in there. So, and that, that was the relationship um, you had with Matt Kelly? No. No. Come on. He He's wished, lovable. Sorry, He's Matt. lovable. No, Matt's lovable. How dare you? <laughs> Matt's lovable. Matt's out of him. my league, meaning like he's too Matt's, far above it. Matt's amazing. Can you tell me an embarrassing story? <laughs> Matt's like story? here. I'm like here. So we, what did Matt do at that retirement home that was humiliating? Let's get the goods. <laughs> uh, so I actually, I mentioned it in here. Um, he worked in, they like there was two different areas you could work when you were a server. Um, there was the dining room and then there was think the cafe is what it was called and the cafe was like for the residents who didn't want to sit down to eat they would just kind of come get their food and i think they could like take it elsewhere or eat outside whatever um matt was working the cafe because that was easier i'm gonna say you just had to 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 put the food up yeah yes you're not waiting to deal with the uh the residents where the residents you have to sit there and take all of their orders and they like to talk, so you have to like get through them and like kind of. Matt does not like to, to talk. talk. From what I can tell, Matt does not like to talk. You would think that sometimes he would be in the server, being in the uh, dining room with us. But you would think that he would want to be in the dining room with us all the time. Yeah, I don't know why. You have to ask Matt. Matt, why were you working in the cafe instead of the dining room? You don't want a bunch of old people killing themselves. <laughs> I also, you know what? I I know what it is now. That's it's mean because he got to hang out back there because they were less busy than just us sticking around so right? he was just talking the entire time and every once in a while he'd have to serve food classic matt kelly being a slacker matt kelly you slacker <laughs> uh, a, a buddy of mine no it wasn't a buddy of mine heidi and i took the shuttle from lax uh during christmas back to the flight we took the flyaway shuttle back to our car or whatever and we rode with somebody who's he was coming back from florida in the distinct thing i remember about him telling me about his christmas break was that he went to visit his parents in a retirement community in Florida, and there was a code that this retirement community, that the people living there would put on their golf carts. What was it? It was like they'd put like a certain type of bumper sticker, or it's like a, the handkerchief code for old people who wanted to get busy. Oh. That's what it was like. It was like, sweetie, Heidi, you're in the comments. On their little, like, Heidi, you're in the comments. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, you were the one. Telling <laughs> what, wait, sweetie, hold on. They can't hear you. Well, they can hear you, but but you can't hear them. What was that dude saying on the shuttle? Okay, what's this code on retirement communities? It's like the back fluffy thing. The back. Um, Come here, please. Yeah, you're in. Oh, you're in a robe. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, okay. Tell me the bathroom. Oh, like a little loofah thing. Like the little- oh, it was, it was. It was the loofahs. Oh, yeah. I was telling, asking him about it because I had seen something about it, but he didn't know what I was talking. Okay, so different colored loofahs meant like group one on one swinging huh. is the hanky code. down to party it was the hanky code but for old folks and it was loofahs and people would be like why is there I a loofah it. on this golf cart and it's because myrtle's about to pop her dentures out and get blizzy get, <laughs> get sloppy on it that is crazy okay so Good for her it was Good heidi who told this story not this guy on the bus my old wife was like i know all about this loofah code so there's a loofah code 
They didn't uh, have that at uh, the retirement community that shall remain nameless. <laughs> you weren't aware of it. Is, is, is I had to deliver true. meals to their room, so I, I I would have been like, "Hey, why are there things hanging on their door handles or whatever?" <laughs> and nobody had a golf cart because it wasn't. It's not Florida. It's uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. They don't want to drive around. They want to stay inside as much as possible. Well, Matt Kelly is clearing things up in the comments. He says the cafe was definitely easier but nicer. Everything in cafe was Excuse made to order, me. so I was grilling burgers <laughs> and such. Oh, oh, he, he oh he thinks he's part. Of, you're part oh. of the hoi polloi, I guess. He says me, we there were uh, to- there was there was uh, tablecloths and multiple uh, place settings on each table. We had four forks that we had to put yeah, up. You actually had to work. Whoa. Matt's over there, Matt's over there playing Four music forks. in the back. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, if Eric would have told me that you were a slacker, it would have solved a lot of problems early on in Geekscape. <laughs> You've made it this far, though, and we can't get rid of you because we love you now. All right. Um, talk to me about how y'all connected. Matt, put you guys together? Yeah. Um, so- yeah. Oh, it was so through Eric Alyssa's the- podcast. Yeah, he came on an episode of my podcast and we talked about um, we talked about his first book and it was really fun. We had a good time. And I think like when we initially had that conversation, um, I think you were writing Lose You to Find Me or was it done? Um, about the starting the podcast? Yeah. That was done. It was out. Yeah. Because I think when we started we... when we did my podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right? yeah. So done. Lose You to Find Me, I think either was about to come out or it had just come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, I already had like kind of connected with you on Instagram and we had so much fun. And part of the, the thing that I really like about the podcast is um, because Eric is in the industry and I just enjoy the industry, I get to learn a lot about the way that books are written. Like this is all like so new to me. And we have guests who come on who um, are also YA authors and hearing about the differences between everyone's writing process is also very cool. Like I can't imagine writing a book. Like that's like way too much of an, something. I, I just don't think I'm creative enough to have that many ideas to fill a book. Not with that attitude, um, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. I know. But the but Lufa Code how by you, Alyssa Loeb. Literally, <laughs> that, Alyssa that Loeb. Yeah, the, the, the Lufa Code. I called you. Uh, I called you Alyssa Loeb, like like Lisa Loeb. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been cool to learn about that whole process. The biggest um lesson that I've learned is that Eric's writing style is way more chaotic than most, and so that's been a funny thing to unpack. That's every an understatement. <laughs> you not outline or anything? Like, what do you like? You just throw out your outline. Please, Eric. Anything? Please explain. Yeah. I am called what I'm what's called a pantser. It means I write by the seat of my pants. I have a general <laughs> idea of what happens at the beginning and the end, and then I have to fill in everything in between. So I'm basically telling reset? myself the story. How how when I'm writing? How often do you reset? <laughs> how often do I and reset? Like, like have to like, rewrite? Like, you're the, like I'm going to go back a chapter, or I'm going to go back. I, how like what, what's your course correct back? I mean, how much do you I, scrap in your course corrections? I only do that if it's something that I know exactly where it is, because otherwise it's a lot of scrolling and trying to find it. Um, if I know um, words, sometimes I'll do a Control F and look for it. Sure, um, but otherwise it's usually. Um, I'll like kind of just take a note, like handwrite it and like put a sticky note next to my computer so that when I'm doing editing, I remind, remember myself, like remind myself to go back and do that. Of course um, it's, you would think that 
I'd learn my lesson at some point, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> if it works for people, you. I mean, it doesn't work for me, though, because the sequel <laughs> to uh, All That's Left in the World is coming out in May, and I rewrote that entire book twice. Okay, maybe three times. Um, there's, a, there's a Word document on my computer. So, like, when I edit with my editor, um, I never want to get rid of things. There are some people. So, sure. we had... Um, the episode's not out yet, but we had somebody on a couple weeks ago, my friend Anna, who she was talking about how there's some people who will, she like she's one of these people who will write an entire book and then say, okay, now I know what the story is. Now I start over. And she just rewrites the entire book. Oh, and crap. there are some people who, when they're doing that, they will take the entire Word document, put it in the trash, hit delete. And erase it completely from their computer and start over scratch. Crazy. If I did that, it like just the thought gives me <laughs> panic. So um, I anytime like, I delete a, something. Yeah. I understand having a document that you cannibalize for parts that worked. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, like I have a, I have scenes that don't work in a screenplay and I will, I'll be like, fuck. But a couple, some of that stuff had a heart or some of that stuff was totally right, but I didn't crack the code on structure or character or something let me take it let me put it in the scrap heap yeah and let me cannibalize the stuff that worked and see if a different something different something sometimes things don't come back out of the scrap heap but i definitely have a cannibalizing like document for each project so that's what i do too and i, yeah. I have it it's just called deleted stuff for this book <laughs> right and so with uh the sequel is called the only light left burning so with the deleted stuff for the only light left burning, that word document is 150,000 words. And to give you an idea, the final book is 104,000 words, the one that wow. is being published. Okay. So there's 150,000 words of stuff that will never be published because I had to rewrite it. What's twice. the third book, though? A while. Yeah. Just change yeah. the names. Just massage it a little. That's the third yeah. book. Massage third it book. a little. Just massage I will it a say. I like my some good editor shit there. kind of. Just do it. I don't know. My editor uh, thinking about she, it. Like she said a couple like things that I I can't really go into because they might be spoilers. But sure, um, I I was disappointed because I kind of had to change the entire idea that I had to begin with, and which for a sequel was really anxiety inducing for me sure. because there's already a lot of pressure to live up to the original i don't need it to surpass it i just kind of want it to live up to yeah they did um, that with alien 3 yeah well they changed it a bit from what they were planning well for, that, a penal thank you from a, that makes from me feel like so much better yeah yeah it's okay if you make a little alien 3 just don't make alien resurrection after that well, and then that, AVP and all that stuff. That's what the 150,000 word document is. <laughs> the run for no, I'm happy with the one that is coming out. And she, okay. my editor was right. She always is. It's just it takes me a while to get there. So, so how, how do we get Alyssa to write her young adult novel? Um, Page at this, a time. This like this like torrid sex novel. How do we do this? <laughs> maybe it's not, maybe that's, it's not a young adult novel. Maybe it's not a young adult sounds novel. Sounds like an adult <laughs> romance to me. Yeah. Well, we've talked about even before like what what rules you have to sort of play by for it to be young adult for versus when it starts to kind of like creep into adult adults too. Mm -hmm. And even like just now I was thinking about 
the books that I've read, I mean, it's only February. So really the books that I read last year that classifies young adult versus adult. And I'm like, I don't even know where I draw the line because they're just, I don't know. It's hard for me to really say. Eric, or do you allow, do you have an editor or publisher who kind of puts the the bumpers on for you? Does that make sense? Um, like, like creatively, I wouldn't want anybody to really corral that kind of material. I mean, if you're being guided by tone, some of the content might. Yeah. As long as it's the tone, I feel like some of the content, if it gets a little bit risque or crosses a line, you're not writing these things alone, right? Yeah. So I have in my second book there is there's sex in it. it's not like they're not having sex on the page but they are uh 17 18 year old kids who are basically you know exploring their sexuality in high school and like matt so kelly they're... did in the back of that cafe <laughs> exactly yeah. flipping burgers and just yeah, flipping burgers flipping boning people. just uh, <laughs> boning, boning. <laughs> just go you like ska good enough for me you like ska Hey, you like ska? <laughs> Works for me. You want to watch a? You want to watch a? You want to watch Basket Case? Works oh for me. My God. You ever seen Sleepaway Camp? And that the what? We all have our different seduction techniques. I love it. His is no worse than anybody else's. No, it is. in fact, they might be better. Yeah, I mean, I vote better. <laughs> basket case and some ska music playing go for it yeah. hell yeah i take it yeah, there you go but uh there i go. I, I think that there is is hey did you play a 60 some year old woman yes <laughs> <laughs> correct exactly have you I'm at sure. any time successfully played someone 60 or older could, so you, you did. could you have an alter ego with an aarp card you know what i like about you i, I want guys to go to therapy you went full freudian <laughs> Oh yeah! About loofahs. You would like yeah. ancient, you would do some ancient Greek shit, eating your children I stuff. No, I love it. It was it must I have know. been he must have been exploring some stuff, and it came out the other side, and it better for it. I'm sorry, Worked I cut you off so much, Eric. Um, Eric, you were saying, and I don't even know how to get back there, but <laughs> well, I was. Escape. I was talking about how um, there's no hard line or hard penis. Um, <laughs> in YA that of what you can or can't do i think it's a lot of kind of understanding the audience and also like if i were to write something where it's like on the page sex and it may be like feeling gratuitous or um not i think character? you're not gonna be not even that not even yeah. character i think it's just it kind of it'll it like when when you're reading an adult romance you can read the sex scenes and be like, ooh, this is hot. When you're doing that for children, it That's gets creepy. Book. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think that it, that is what the line is. It's like, all right, well, how are you describing this? In what way are you describing this? <clears throat> and are you doing it in a way that, like, it turns pornographic? Sure. Um, I think then the editor will step in and say, oh, no, you can't do this. What's wrong with you? Sorry. Um, but I don't think that anybody who was writing YA would ever get to that point like i don't think that it would even go past an agent i think an agent would be like oh no you cannot do this you um, hear that Alyssa? there's a safety net you can be as gratuitous down. as you that, want i will say that doesn't mean <laughs> you can't have sex on the page because i do have um a friend who her debut there is 
an on-the-page blowjob between they they were eighteen year old. What's the name of this book? In it, but <laughs> it's well, called "Some Mistakes that... Were Made." Actually, um, oh, it's about oh. me. What's that? <laughs> yes. Oh, I think that book would be "Only Mistakes Were Made." Oh no! Only okay. Mistakes. All right. No, it's it. the mistake was made. The, it's the last made. mistake you'll ever make. And we all paid for it with Geekscape. <laughs> You'd think that somebody would have stopped me in eighteen years, but Matt Kelly just had to fan the flames. Oh yeah! Like he's cooking them burgers back in the old folks' home. <laughs> um. So tell me, guys. I don't want y'all. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we put on podcasts on this network. I'm just going to give you the hard truth. These podcasts they last for couple weeks, couple months, they burn out. We ain't doing that this time. You hear me? You guys like each other? You guys digging the show? I have a whole list of authors that are coming on, so... That's the best part, is there will always be another YA book coming out. We're a podcast network, not a project network. Okay, you got that? And it's like, um, YA is very under... um, Just under-supported by publishing. Sure. I don't know you think why. That, because... that you, you believe YA is under-supported? It's so popular, don't you think? At it least is, my... but yeah. there's, like, if for everybody who's even watching this right now, if they hadn't seen me come on before, they don't know about my book. Sure. Mm. So well, it's like, yeah. there's there's some books that even if you are following, like, YA, like, I follow YA, because I write it and I, I genuinely love reading it. But if I am not online perpetually and I'm not following certain people who follow other authors that are sharing their stuff, I don't know about books that come out. Well, you're and you there's so writing. many yeah. books that come out. There's so many YA books that come out because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, re- it's, so there's so much readership for it. It's like manga, so, like like people yeah. telling me to read certain manga books. I'm like, how do you even find this stuff? I mean, it's yeah. bands. I think that I was, I mean, I was just thinking about in really, I was thinking politically about all of us in our own echo chambers. But were we any better when we only had three news sources on the TV back in the 50s, 60s? That none of us were there, but. Yeah. It has the stratification of our message delivery sources just caused us to put turn on our phones and go to our specific channels and be like, I want to prick myself with trauma or, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm going to go to the site that's going to piss me off. Or I'm going to go on Twitter or one of these other things and I'm going to read something that ticks me off and that's going to be my news source and that's going to shape my view of the world. But it's completely a different than the person sharing a room with you. Whereas in the 50s, 60s, 40s, maybe 30s with the radio and you were getting, you know, it wasn't as easy to be misinformed. Maybe it was, I mean, War of the Worlds, Orson Welles, they all thought that Martians were evading, but um, you know, are we just misinforming each other or believing our own truths because we can stay in our lane? Whereas in a while ago, everybody had to kind of, share the same information and it was either mm-hmm. fact or wrong makes sense mm-hmm. guys that's what i think about so when i think about yeah. eric writing a ya book and telling me what he just said that how does somebody find it mm. it's almost on us as storytellers to create your own verticals and create your own uh i call them like uh it's like the 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 watering hole right mm-hmm. like you want to make sure that people are coming to your watering hole and geekscape to me is my watering hole and I share it with all of you. And 
we want to make sure that people are coming to our watering hole and maybe they, they discover YAK. Okay. Maybe they discover horror movie night. Maybe they discover the binge town folks, but like the whole point is to create a watering hole so we can promote you guys in what your endeavors, you know, and that's why I have you guys mm-hmm. on the show, but, but is it, I mean, how fallible is that? It makes sense. Like, I mean, that is partly like why book talk is so popular because it's like, I can go on. I, my, my first book got big because the only reason I feel like I am a successful author at this point is because I posted a couple of videos on TikTok that just were the right videos at the right time. And it was around the time that Heartstopper came out in 2022, the first season. And I knew it was coming out and I had always read the comic online. And I was like, when I pitched this to my edit, my agent and editor, um, I always was like, oh, it's Heartstopper in the apocalypse. And my mm. a- agent didn't know what that was at the time. Um, and now I was like, okay, well, now pe- people are going to know about this because it's a Netflix show. They'll be able to watch it really quickly. So I was like, first thing on Friday when it premiered, I was like, have you binge watched Heartstopper? And are you looking for something else? You can check out my YA book, it's post-apocalyptic Heartstopper. And that got very popular very quickly because everybody was posting about it. About Heartstopper. Yeah. You were adjacent. You were like doing that. Um, And so that's getting into other kind of things. And I, I know that there's, I do over here. Like my old ass is like, what the fuck is Heartstopper? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like It's a Netflix show. You should definitely watch it. Right. But I was, I I, I still got to watch the circle thing. (laughs) I gotta, I gotta, Heartstopper. It's shorter. I got to pick up the seduction techniques of a 64-year-old woman. Yeah. I mean, and, and if it helps um, my case at all, me and my boyfriend both get out about halfway through the show. So you don't I'm have to watch the whole the full season. Stuck. Yeah, just stop after that. What if you guys, yeah. squid, you guys should do the squid game thing where you kill people. Don't oh, my do, God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Alyssa, similarly, the circle has brought you some form of name mm-hmm. recognition, right? Yeah. Yeah, what's absolutely. the what's the worst way that that has reared its head? Because I'm scared of that stuff. I think the the I'm lucky that it's never really. I don't get a lot of like super negative um, feedback, which is shocking to me because I was fully prepared, like bringing sex education into it's a lightning conversation. rod, right? Yeah, yeah, that it would just be. But I made a a very firm effort to be like education. And not necessarily like sexy when I was making my content. Sure. And, you know, it's 50-50 on if that really worked because I think re- more recently I've posted things that were like, I'm still education, but I'm wearing a cuter outfit. And shockingly, those have done better. But, you know, that's my <laughs> Shockingly. Shockingly. I mean, you know, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just the world crazy we live how in, right? that works. I've been telling yeah, Matt to do like that for 10 years. I posted today about sex toys. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank That's you. really good. <laughs> Matt, thank you. Matt, you got to show some skin on those TikToks. Yeah. That's all I'm I saying. I would love that, Matt. Um, but it, I'm lucky that I haven't gotten a ton of negative feedback. I think the only thing that is, it, and it's not bad, it's actually been really fun, but it can be sort of like um, unexpected is, and it's sort of like the perp- the reason why I wanted to do sex education and the reason why this was important to me to continue to do on platforms that didn't really want it there um, is because I get so many messages from people asking me the 
like just the craziest questions that you just would never expect someone to share with a stranger, but they do. And it's just once you once you give them like a tiny bit of room to like really share what it is that they're thinking about, they will tell you. And what's even stranger, yeah, I would say more than halfway. What's even stranger- (laughs) Too much information. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what's even strange well, for me nothing is too much honestly sure. like a, a really nothing you, there's You're really nothing you can say yeah. yeah that you could shock me with anymore which you know but what's even stranger are um the people that i know in real life it'll be like like um a relative who's who's in their 60s and i see them at like only weddings and funerals and i see them at a, a wedding and they're asking me questions about their sex life and i'm like wow i can't believe we're here but okay <laughs> and right. so you're like the Statue of Liberty. Bring on all of them. Like everyone's yes, welcome. Yes, exactly. Like, I will take it, your meat. You can't and shame your... that stuff. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, your place is not the shame. I think that's great. And um, yeah, you said something earlier that I was fascinated by. You uh, say you post the content on platforms that don't want it or aren't already yeah. conducive to those kind of things. Yes. How do you how do you make inroads into that? So it's a lot of using silly words instead of the real words, which is really annoying. Oh, like when they hit, when they said corn instead of porn. Corn. On yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corn. Okay. Yeah. I got it's, it. Yeah. And it's frustrating because <clears throat> as a sex educator, it's really important that people use the real words for the body part that they're referring yeah. to Blumpkin. and not being able to do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, not being able to do that is really frustrating. I have to say um, pumpkin. Exactly. And that's just no fun for anyone. Right. Um, so that that's part of it. And then just doing uh, sometimes you just have to you just have to make the content that you want to and hope that it's OK. I get content violations on my on what I post Whoa. every single day, every day. I'm full of content violations and I can't do like a lot of functions on these social platforms are not available to me anymore um, because of the content that I post. So that's kind of annoying too. like, um, for Instagram accounts over like a certain amount of followership or whatever, you can earn money on the post. And I don't have the ability to do that because of the type of content that I post. So they just basically like punish me, tell me to sit in a corner all the time. And it can sometimes even affect my views. Like there are times where my views are absolute poopy doo-doo caca and there's nothing I could do about it. And it's just because I used the The algorithm got pissed at you. Yeah, exactly. If I like, if I say the word sex, it's over. (laughs) We we have, we've, I mean, we've been around a lot, a a while and we've had a lot of adult content creators on the show or with us at comic con was fun. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Matt, were you there for that? When uh, our friend Axel Braun brought his cast of the, not necessarily X-Men or Star Trek or whatever the, the parody movies was. And we had them signing at the Comic-Con booth and the kids were all excited to get Marvel comic characters or Spider-Man or Superman to sign their stuff. And the parents knew who they were, but the kids... <laughs> I mean, we've done that kind of stuff. And yes, it is something that uh, I have to be conscious of with Geekscape because mm-hmm. Google will bury your bury your 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 stuff and you'll end up being weighted down in searches and comic-con specifically i remember uh vivid video coming to me after the success of that signing which was really a stunt it was fun i just wanted to i like those guys they're cool they're fun and i like axel um and i remember someone from vivid was like hey what if we share the booth and the truth is if they share the booth at comic-con there's a specific aisle at san diego comic-con where they will put adult materials and they would have relegated mm-hmm. geekscape there forever right. and 
that's just not the brand. I love yeah. having those people associate with the brand. I love having people like I see this podcast Matt produces and I, it, cool. I, I don't yeah. think there should be shame in that. There's a, there should be a conversation about it always, but you know, yeah, it's, it's tough. And it's especially tough for people who are like actually sex workers, like people who make like OnlyFans content or whatever variety of that. Um, and especially if you do, you can make exactly the type of content that I make and be a minority and your content will be deprioritized. So there's like lots of crazy and so like, racist I, shit. It's yeah, I know these, these algorithms <clears throat> can be extremely prejudiced and racist. And so, you know, it's, it's frustrating for me, but it's especially frustrating for people who are sex workers or in some minority groups. Um, it's just, it's a tough category to be in, but at the same time, I chose it because it's important and because I knew I would get the platform from the show. And so like the information would get to somebody and like, it's been a very special experience for me to be able to reach the people that I have and get messages from them that are like, I'm just so glad you're here because before you were here, I didn't know who I was going to talk to about mm. this. And that's really cool to be that, that person for people. Um, and that, that was really like my whole, that was my whole reason for wanting to go onto the show with that purpose of like bringing the vulva pillow and doing the whole thing. And obviously like sex sells and that was, but I obviously went onto the show and was like, I didn't flirt with a single person. I didn't flirt with a single mm, person on that a show. This is 64 year old. I woman. know, I, but I didn't flirt with her on the okay. show. She, she was married, you know, I, I fully respect her marriage. Eric, <laughs> likewise, do you ever... Do you ever feel like there's parameters put on you based on the LGBTQ or being a, a, a gay man? Do you think that there's parameters put on what you're expected to write or what your audience is expected to be? Or the, do you, I don't, I mean, I'm just trying to get a different perspective here. Do you find a similar corral that you're um, put in? I got, I've been banned now in Tennessee and Kentucky. Oh, that's, that's a badge um, of honor on that shit. Yeah. Um, I think what's the matter? Texas wasn't like, come on, you got to work on those guys. Well, That's Texas, they they have that bill that they're trying to uh, what the have I a can't rating go back there. to every I book. Up there, I can't go back there. And it's, I think it's in the Supreme Court of Texas right now. I think it's going to go probably to the Supreme Court of the United States. But it just doesn't make any sense. Why my family's still there? I, I can't go back. It, it breaks my you're heart. Requiring people to read every single book that comes out in order to give it a rating and. I'm sorry, that did not work out for the Motion Pictures Association of America no. at all. So we're so back like, to that. Yes, we're, we're back to like McCarthyism in, the, in, the, in that code. The comic book me industry destroyed themselves in America because of the the comics code. And Geekscape, if you want a quick comic book education, like in the '50s when McCarthyism was going on, and the book Seduction of the Innocent was published, it talked about how comic books were corrupting our kids because there were horror comics, romance comics, uh, crime comics, etc. Uh, co humor comics like Mad Magazine turned itself into a magazine, technically, so they could avoid it. But if you go to other countries, they have a rich culture. France, Japan, South America, yeah. Italy. They have a rich culture of comic books of various genres. We turned ourselves into a specific superheroes-only comic book industry up through the 90s. And it wasn't until books like from Vertigo or really the 80s with stuff like Mouse and those had to be called graphic novels and vertigo had to come out with stuff like preacher and then the walking dead. It wasn't until that turn of the century that people started being like, what the, what are we doing with the self-censorship code? And I remember when Joe Casada took the comics code 
brand off the Marvel comics so they could have the Max line. And it was a little more of a hardcore line of comic characters and the Marvel characters like the Punisher, stuff like that. And, and the damage had been done. The comics has just got like superheroes. Now people just think of it as superheroes. I'm hoping that publishing has learned its lesson because um, like in Virginia, I think they there were people who tried to sue Barnes and Noble for selling books, not for, not so noble now. Like, and it wasn't they weren't saying, "Oh, well, how dare you? How dare this book be in your store?" It's okay. Well, you're selling it, so we're going to sue you. And it's like, well, that's a obviously a First Amendment violation. You can't just sue a business for selling books. That one obviously didn't go forward. Um, but I think a lot of publishers now are realizing, like, I think there's a lot of sales that are tanking, especially in YA, because uh, school libraries have a very, very, very small budget. And they can't risk buying books that could possibly be challenged and then removed. And then that budget going to nothing because some parent somewhere got pissed off. And so there's a lot of librarians who aren't buying books like mine. And I actually just, I think I'm allowed to announce this now. Um, I got tagged in a post about it. I'm nominated for an award in Illinois. It's a state award for the librarians for um, like the high schools in Illinois. And the whole state is now going to be able to purchase copies of my books for kids to read if they want to. And it's like, Texas is never going to do that. I'm never going to be nominated for that kind of award in Texas. I don't think I would even do it in Pennsylvania, which is where I live. But you heard about the wind in Wisconsin with the, they they, like Wisconsin just redid their maps fairly. And that happened like yesterday, day before. So I don't know. We just have to outbreed them, Eric. Well, I mean, Here's the deal. Kids are going to keep reading them. And it's just, it for my bottom line, it sucks because kids are going to have to um, pirate them. But yeah. if they're reading, if if they're a queer you kid in on Texas Amazon. and they pirate my book. You could buy um, it on Amazon in Texas, couldn't you? Yeah, but then Or do you think it's going to put you on a damn list like if you get an abortion in Texas? We're getting so political, be. but I don't know. Whatever, but I feel like a show. kid would need their own Amazon account. This drives me crazy. And they would need a credit card. You, what you need to you listen to me, Alyssa. What you need to be doing is you need to be writing these <laughs> books. I think listen. you need to be writing this stuff. You need to be putting your voice out there. You can't just be. Pop- I love the. That There's only one taboo category too. I can mend today. It's only one, and it's the sex one. You're the, writing. The book you, you one is it. Eric. Eric. <laughs> Eric. I Eric, think work that the on her. Brooklyn Get Library, though, I think that they ha- have something for states that are starting all these bans where uh-huh. kids can sign up for free library cards for oh, the that's cool. um, Brooklyn's, um, like, their ebooks. They're going to carry like Alyssa's book soon. Yeah. The yeah. book that she's now going to write. The Lufa Code. 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 Ooh. There's branding. lots here. There's branding. Lots Lufa here. spelled with an LG. Uh, I feel like by by tomorrow afternoon latest, I'm going to have an outline from that. 
He's gonna don't outline like, it. Just write it. Just, he's going to oh, be yeah, like, listen, listen rough guy. idea. Let's get to page 180 <laughs> and he's like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Rough idea, but listen, I already have you a meeting ready to go at the end of the, at the, end of the week. Don't worry. <laughs> We're doing it. Lufa Code's happening. <laughs> uh, the Luba Code's happening. Um, guys, thank you for doing a show on the network. It means a lot. Thanks. I love thank that you guys are doing it. Us. It's great. Um, Geekscapist, you can check out Y-A-O-K anywhere you pick up podcasts. Search for that. Search for Geekscape. We got tons of cool stuff like Geekscape Network. Where can we find you guys socially? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Alyssa Lube. It's A-L-Y-S-S-A-L-J-U-B. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. My Instagram's Eric JB and my TikTok is Eric John Brown. And you can also go to my website, ericjbrown.com. Love it. Love it, guys. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm Jonathan. You can search for Jonathan Lennon wherever. And you're going to get the guy who works for Compass Real Estate here in L.A. Who's been trying <laughs> to... uh, but honestly, oh, if uh, you Google me search for and Geek the guy who works it. for Compass Real Estate, it actually is me. I'm also a Compass oh. Real Estate agent. That's amazing. Uh. So. That's amazing. Well, I'm getting both of them. Philly. I'd love to come to Philly and visit you and Matt. And I miss Philly a lot. We just got uh, Geeks Game is my old WXPN co-host and best friend from college. Kevin McCaffrey came out here. He's been on the show before. And while he was in Arizona, he found a bunch of DAT recordings of our old radio show. And these are interviews we did with bands like Weezer, Blink-182. We did recordings with bands like Newfound Glory and uh, Saves the Day and The Bouncing Souls and all sorts of great punk bands and pop bands and uh we found these dats and we digitized them and i don't know if that becomes geekscape content i don't know if the music can because licensing and some of like that but uh man there's so much content from those days of me and my high-pitched voice and it's right there in philadelphia we had so much fun and i don't know how to roll it out on the network but you know all in time we ain't going anywhere so search for us on any podcatcher and uh if you like what you heard and you like what geekscape is putting down leave us a nice five-star review that helps our visibility so when i go out to people and say hey you want to come on geekscape they have heard of us and they come and do the show uh again stay subscribed i know i'm going to do a madam web special yes i saw and uh i and then i recorded that conversation with chris black about show running godzilla the, T- the Apple TV show Monarch King of the Monsters. Uh, I keep saying King of the Monsters. Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So if you're a TV writer, you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for coming on. And don't hate create. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.